you know, they always say if you get something you like to do and you make a living at it, you don't have to work a day in your life, right? And that's that's how I look at it. And the sheep thing is uh, definitely my passion. Um, so and I've killed 117 rams out of 121 hunts. You, you do get worn out as far as you know. You've packed a lot of heavy packs off the mountain, and my my hunts aren't you know, drive around in the truck and glass and make one run up there, it's full on 10 day backpack. The last time we, we went on a goat hunt, it, it was pretty close to death. Tennis ball sized rock bounces down, hits Dustin in the head. There was a point where I was, I was about to just throw my pack off the cliffs and pick it up at the bottom. To the RNA Outdoors podcast, fueled by Ripcord Arrowrest and First Light Hunting Apparel. At RNA, we are public land DIY conservationists that love to share our passion for the outdoors. So join us and our team as we interview professionals in the industry to share insight knowledge that helps make hunters and anglers more successful. listeners, subscribers, and fellow outdoorsmen and women. This is your host, Lucas Paw, and I'm excited to tell you about some of the sponsors that continue to help make this podcast not only happen, but grow and thrive in this digital world of audio content. This podcast is brought to you by Ripcord Arrowrest, the bow hunter's number one fallaway rest on the market. Ripcord is known for 100% full-time arrow containment and their patented drop-dead brake system that eliminates launcher bounce back. Best of all, Ripcord is backed by their rock-solid guarantee. If the original owner has a part break for any reason, it will be repaired or replaced at no charge. And did I mention, Ripcord is located in southwest Montana, where all their products are made with pride in America. Check them out at ripcordrs.com and on their social media feeds. This podcast is brought to you by First Light Clothing and Hunting Apparel. Born in the Rockies in central Idaho, First Light's mission is to create simple yet proven versatile gear that provides comfort and performance in any situation while working to promote the pursuit of ethical hunting and stewardship. I recently joined the First Light Pro Staff team and have continued to be impressed year after year in their innovations in engineering and merino wool fabrics. Ten years ago, they started putting out wool fabrics with camel patterns, and immediately this changed the game. Since then, they offer multiple layering systems and kits in various proprietary patterns and continue to raise the bar with their competition. Find them online at firstlight.com or under their social media feeds. Go farther, stay longer.
Welcome, listeners, to the RNA Outdoors podcast. I'm your host here, Lucas Paw, and we are continuing our journey here through Dallas Safari Club. Uh, this is day two of the show. Uh, it's starting to get quite a bit busier um, as opposed to yesterday when the show opened. Um, but a lot of good things happening here. Um, obviously, I think they said there's around 960 exhibitors planning to be around 70,000 people come through here in the weekend. So a lot of people um, all talking about hunting, so no better place to be <laughs> than Dallas Safari. So I'm joined here by my uh, illustrious sidekick from the NRA, Mr. Jason Quick. Welcome back, Jason. Sweet. Happy to be here. Yeah. Having fun. So I'm going to let you introduce. Uh, I basically got a text a few minutes ago and said, hey, Dustin's ready to do a podcast. You got 30 minutes? I'm like, heck yeah, I got 30 minutes. So I'll let you do the honors, Jason. Okay. Well, I'll, uh, I, I've known Dustin now, geez, going about 10 years, right? Really, when you first started on the scene, and uh, met him, met him up at uh, actually that was was that mule deer that we met at. Yeah, I think it was in Salt Lake. And let me tell you, um, I've been really impressed with all of the stuff that he's done. It's uh, BC backcountry and beyond, um, which now I understand the beyond is is grown quite a bit. Um, when I first met Dustin, it was really in regards to sheep hunting. You know, he was killing some really fantastic sheep. And I'm going to go ahead and let Dustin give a little background about who he is and what he does, because it's pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Um, yeah, so um, I own Backcountry BCM Beyond, and it's uh, it was a freelance sheep guiding business that I, I ran for the last 10 years. And uh, it took me all over the place. I was hunting doll sheep, stone sheep, bighorns in BC and Alberta, and then down in Mexico for desert sheep every year. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, now this year I just bought my own outfit in northern BC. It's a uh, stone sheep with moose and caribou and goats and sweet. Had grizzly bears until this <laughs> yeah, until NDP came in, but we're, uh, we're still working on that, buddy. We don't give up. Don't give <laughs> yeah. up. It's yeah, too bad so, that that happened. Yeah, no, I'm but, definitely enjoying it. Yeah. It's nice to be down here and get to see a lot of past clients and enjoy the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And now, uh, Dan, how how long have you been around? Um, I've just been working with Dustin for about um, two years now, so just pretty new to the operation. Um, from Sydney, Australia. I was gonna, I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna pick on you a little bit, but you, you, <laughs> you led right into it before I got a chance to. Yeah. So um, I started guiding in Alaska, and then um, went on a bighorn hunt with one of my previous clients, uh, with Dustin, and we got along straight away, and he wanted me on board. So we, um, we've done some goat hunts together, and then from there we. I went. I started guiding with him, and yeah. So now, um, with the new operation, I'm kind of working full time with him to get that going. And yeah, it's awesome. It's been a really good season so far. That's super fantastic. So Sydney, Australia, yeah. British Columbia. I mean, I guess what was it about the transition? I guess that sold you that this is what I want to do. Um, so I, I did a degree in Australia, and one of my lecturers was an avid hunter. He's he's been doing it for a long time, and he was a mentor of mine. And he went to Alaska and did a doll sheep hunt. And um, when he came back, he told me the stories and showed me the photos. And it just, yeah, it just spoke to me. And I found out about guiding, and that's from then on I was hooked. So saved up my money and, and went over and and then found out about Dustin. And it's like, this is a guy I want to meet and, and work with. Um, I, yeah, I love the, the, hard, the hard work of sheep hunting. And, yeah, it's... It's such a unique and different experience to Australia. The seasons are so intense, and um, 
the the wildlife the big game here is is pretty phenomenal so yeah well and meeting this guy i I had this i mean 10 years ago i was feeling like i was bulletproof now i don't feel that way anymore (laughs) but when i met him too he was like oh yeah i would put the backpack on and go and i'm like he's smaller than i am and i'm looking at the backpack he puts on i'm like holy crap this dude is serious (laughs) stuff and you know I'm looking at the picture on the background, which I to just me... I got a really big sleeping bag yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah. A lot of water. Yeah. <laughs> so, a uh, big sleeping bag, my, uh, you know what. But, no, pillow. I mean, the the background of, of your booth here with the three guys and yourself going up and everybody got huge packs on and big rams and the dogs packing meat out, as you just said, it's just, I mean, to me, it's it's the essence of who, in my mind, I think you are. And, you know, I mean, we've never hunted together, but I've been at so many shows that we've ran onto each other that it just it excites me i don't know i ah, oh, thanks yeah, yeah it's it's uh you know they always say if you get something you like to do and you make a living at it you don't have to work a day in your life right and yeah, that's that's absolutely. how i look at it and the sheep thing is uh definitely my passion um you know but you can't do it forever either i've done been on 121 sheep hunts uh, 120 yeah and i'm gonna ask so how old are you now i'm 33 all of 33. So I've killed 117 rams out of 121 hunts. So that's a that, pretty, that's pretty good, good record. That's pretty good harvest percentage. So yeah. But you, you do get worn that, out. That means you go You know, you pack a lot of heavy yeah. packs off the mountain. And my, my hunts aren't, you know, drive around in a truck and glass and make one run up there. It's full-on 10-day backpack out of your pack, right? And so. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of miles and a lot of hills covered. And, and so. now everybody knows why I'm scared, kind of, well, of Dustin. Well, <laughs> and now, now you see why I hire these big guys like this. And <laughs> yeah. two, two dogs and Dan. Yep. Yeah. Bring two your dogs along. and Dan. Yeah. So. Well, you were talking to your, your new property. So, uh, how, okay, let's just say it again. How, how big is the, the new concession that you're... It's 3,300 square miles. Um, so wow. About 110 miles east to west, uh, as a crow flies. So it's a big, a big chunk of ground. Uh, takes about five days to ride a horse uh, in in there, um, and then they're in there for the whole season. The hunters would charter a flight into lots of different lakes and camps, and and then you just hunt from there. Um, so five, when you're taking your horses in, it takes five days to get your horses in. Yeah. And you take them in and out every year. Yeah. Yeah, they gotta they gotta come out uh, for the winter, right? Their cassiars get a lot of snow, and they 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 can't stay in there. So then we gotta truck them down to where we we actually board them in the north because it's it's too far down to where I live to to haul them. I mean it's too tough on them, so I just board them up closer, and then uh, it's a lot easier on the horses. That I, you know, to me that that five five days to move animals into an area it it it's kind of weird that you have to think, oh, my God, it takes five days on horseback yeah. to, to get to where you need to be. And the, that's, that's just awesome. The trail, yeah. the trail in is called uh, Dead Horse Trail as well. So the, the residents <laughs> have named it that. So it's, uh, it's a hairy trail in. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there's some pretty rough spots um, in the beginning. There's some tight valleys and, you know, big rocky and boulders. And, and yeah, there's a bit of bog and stuff. but. Wow, that's but incredible. It's a pretty cool place. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. We ran it this year, 2017, for the first my first full season up there after buying it. And we just had an incredible season. Got, and got you some had, real nice animals. You had mentioned earlier, you know, you're, you're right on the edge 
So your genetics for your moose are, are really super. Yeah, so we're just south of the Yukon border. So um, the moose, you know, they come out of the Yukon, they walk across the, the highway. And you mean they, they don't know where the line is? Right. They don't stay on one side? That's yeah, exactly. amazing, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, so and then they totally change species. They're like chameleons. That's so, awesome. Yeah, uh, away they go. And they become a Canadian moose. So, so you have Alaska Yukon genetics. And then, but they class as Canadian, so you have a good chance of killing a pretty, pretty good bull. Sweet, uh, high in the record book. So, what um, types of animal? When you talk about the trophy class, your animals. I'm seeing caribou. I'm seeing obviously stone sheep and and moose. So, what are you guys talking in terms of you know sizes of animals that you guys are harvesting? You know, on average. Um, so, like for Canadian moose, uh, this last year we we had 16 hunters and we killed 15 bulls. Uh, one guy missed, um, and the smallest one was 52 inches wide. Um, and then score-wise, so lots of guys use that width of a moose to kind yeah. of reference it, but it's really like not a good reference to what moose sco- you know score. They score. The the width is one measurement, so yeah. the, the difference between a 60 and a 70 is 10 inches, whereas on on a on the length of the paddle, for instance, some bulls will have 40-inch paddles and some will have 50. Well, if you have 50-inch length paddles instead of 40, you know, you're 10 inches on both sides, that's 20, adds 20 inches of score right there. So, um, we're looking, we're looking at some photos we just pulled out. I'm sorry, people, you can't see this, but holy crap. Okay, he'll bleep that out probably. So, those so are yeah, some I'm seeing multiple methods of take. So archery hunters, yeah. rifle hunters. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the score-wise, you know, we try to shoot bulls, you know, 190 to 200 inches is kind of what, what we average, and which is really big for Canadian moose. Um, and then uh, mountain caribou, 380 is kind of like that, that number that seems like a lot of the bulls are around. But, um, you know, we've hit 400, but... That's you know, it's like everywhere. The big ones aren't around every corner. And so. what's the seasons on? So, you know, if, if folks are looking at hunting, you know, mountain caribou, what's the season on that? Uh, caribou starts on, I think it's the 20th of August um, when they're, they're in velvet then. Mm-hmm. And then um, they go right, right till the end of October in our area. So you can hunt them pretty late, right through the rut. And is it like a migration in that early part of the no. year or are they territorial? Yeah, they, they actually stay, um, these are mountain caribou, so they they don't really do the migration thing like, um, you, you know, you see on yeah. TV. Like yeah. the barren ground Hun- caribou. Hundreds of them walking by every hour. No, these are, they, they herd up um, more or less like elk would be, you know, you, you got a herd bull and he gets his little harem of cows and, sure. and then, uh, you know, it's more like that, so. But so you, so you see, hunt them just like that too? So yeah, spot and stock? Spot and, spot and stock, yeah. So in um, the end of September, early October, they, they actually we have this place called the Cotty Plateau, and they come out of the mountains into this, to rut. And you We know, don't you want to give away too many secrets. Two or three. Too many secrets at your property. You <laughs> yeah. should be able to say, okay, this two, is... Two or three hundred a day kind of deal, which is, is pretty good. So it's uh, that's wow. pretty awesome. I mean, pretty incredible animals. Because of you know our fondness of elk hunting to me it's always been an animal that i'm like oh that's super cool but it's like you you look at going all the way to bc to do a hunt and i'm you know i mean i look at you killing all these sheep and that's of course i've always dreamed about that every time you show up i'm like 
Bastard's got another phenomenal set of animal. How many sheep did you do this year? Um, we killed the area, we, our quota is four, uh, five sheep, and we killed four in the first year, uh, but two of them were bow hunters. These are the ones we killed this year, these four here. See Jim Wincham here, yeah. Kennetrick? Yeah. So oh, I, doing it with a bow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. So these are this year's yeah. Uh, rams? Yeah. And then as know. you flip through there, there's Beautiful. last year and some previous years of the, the outfit. But Speaking of Craig Bonington, yeah, he... Mr. Colonel walking through. We should introduce you to him, but he'd be like, man, that that that's wow. that's past my prime. Yeah. So yeah, I've met him a few times, actually. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a pretty interesting guy, man. He's yeah. been there, done that, and had fun, wow. fun going there. He's done a lot of stuff. I'm... I can't believe it. Yeah. His whole, his whole thing was, guess what, guys? I'm a, I'm a gun journalist. Yeah. That's, what I, that's what I am. That's who I am. That's what I do. Yeah. And yet, as a gun journalist, I've had all the opportunities to experience all this stuff. And that's, to me, that's, that's what it's all about. Right. You know? No, for so, sure. Dustin, someone coming to your concession, I mean, what would they expect? So maybe walk through you know, what a, a sheep hunt looks like for, for your, you know, your typical hunters? Uh, well, sheep hunts, we do all backpack stuff. So like you can see there, but, um, so they, we fly them in, get into camp and load your pack and away you go with everything for 10 days. Okay. Um, you know, so you're, you're tent camping essentially for yeah, 10 days. Yeah. Fly camp for all 10 days on, on the sheep hunts. Um, it, it just, some outfits use horses and stuff, and I find it that, you know, in the time it takes to catch your horses in the morning and saddle them and all that stuff, you waste half the day, you know. <laughs> so you might as well hike to the top of the mountain with your backpack and then stay up there, and you don't have to go back down to camp, ride all the way back to camp. And you, I just methodically hunt, you know, a range or whatever and, and just stay on the mountain. So we just do the backpacking. Our success has been pretty pretty good, so... I'd you know, say so. April, Can, don't fix it. What? 117 yeah. out of 121? Is that what you said? Yeah, and that's all all the sheep, uh, like bighorns and Yeah, well. So, but... Uh, record, I've your had, record is your record. So yeah. whether or not it's a desert or it's a... Yeah, and I know. mean, I, I have, now I have other guides too, right? And so they're, they're starting to stack up the numbers a little bit too. So it's pretty good. I, I'm enjoying to see them, you know, succeeding. And, you know, it's nice to... Nice to let them walk up the hill once in a while, too. Yeah, for sure. We're also seeing mountain goats here, so that's another another yep. animal that you guys provide. Yeah, so um, we do those right, right from early August. You can see, you know, shorter hair yeah. ones, uh, nice weather, and you don't have to deal with, you know, all the cold and stuff, But uh, and then go right into when there's snow towards the end of the season. Now, now before uh, Lucas got over here, you and I were BSing a little bit, and you, you said, what are you doing right after you leave this show? Yeah, I'm, well, after after the trade show season, I've like, got a few more shows to do, and then I'm heading to northern BC and doing a backpack, 10-day backpack mountain goat hunt in the end of February. End so, of wow. February. There's a, there's a zone in BC that's gonna open be good. until the, yeah. the end of the month, and we're going to do, there's about five of us going, and we're going to do a, a full-on <laughs> backpack winter expedition expedition that's the word so, i was looking for so we're pretty excited about it uh and that's uh, you guys behind the trigger not taking yeah, clients yeah, correct that's us oh. behind the trigger. we're gonna we've got a cameraman coming along and we're gonna wow that a, sounds fun. have an adventure that should be i mean so, once again not, not for the faint at heart but you want to talk about 
just kind of an exciting, cool experience. I could only imagine what what your uh, video footage and and the stories. In fact, we'll have to hook up with you again after that so you can tell us about that story. So yeah, for sure. That's so we don't know what we're getting into, but it, it should be interesting. <laughs> the last, the last time we we went on the goat hunt. It, it was pretty close to death. It was <laughs> pretty close to death. <laughs> That's true. It got That's hairy. like they say, it's the closest you ever get to God at the same time could be the closest you ever see death too. So yeah. 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 Well, that's well, that's crazy. So, okay, so you brought it up. So, tell us a little bit. Now, this is this is not a this wasn't a guided hunt. This was you guys going out for fun yourself to try to harvest some animals. Tell us this. Tell us the story. Yeah. Okay. So we um, we saw some some two billies and uh, I think it was three nannies and two kids way up in the back of this bowl, and um, so we we started hiking early, and and got up there and. Um, we had we had a guy with a bow, and they made a stalk. But as as we got in close, the the billies moved off. So we pulled out and came back the next day, and um, we went in early. And instead of going up and around this cliffy area, we saw like a green patch of trees, and we figured we can climb up that no problem. So we start <laughs> we start you know climbing literally up these trees, and it, and it goes from an angle to vertical real quick and I'm up top which was kind of silly since I'm the heaviest but um (laughs) (laughs) Dustin's shaking his head this is this is what Dustin's like you yeah so so I at one point I'd grab this big old dead log and it starts moving and a massive boulder starts to shift so I'm kind of holding one hand. I've we're, got my big we're pack We're in a on. crack. Yeah, like it's like a, a vertical crack climbs on, like latched in on. In a crevice. Just yeah. Like, and now there's stuff. Now there's a big guy a big with guy a big, with big rock, rock and a big log me. above you. Right. Coming down. So I'm holding on one hand <laughs> to the log, and I've caught this, this boulder, and it's probably about 40 pounds. So I'm just holding it there, figuring, like, how I'm going to... Yeah, sort this out. I'm not going to kill my boss because he might not be happy about this. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. And then, in the meantime, like a tennis tennis ball-sized rock bounces down, hits Dustin in the head, like, and um, he manages to hold on. And he's like, "What the hell is that?" And um, (laughs) yeah, like I'm just struggling with rocks. I managed to to wedge it off and throw it over the top of them down the down the cliffs. And um, we get up there, it's, it was, we, at one stage we had to take the packs off and pass them up and, you know, like kind of piggyback our way up the cliffs, but we got to the top and um, the, the fog had rolled in so we couldn't see the cliffs and then it, and it cleared up and I saw this big billy right there, he was, look, he was 150 yards away looking straight at us, like, sit down, sit down, like, he's right there. So we sat down, put the pack there and um, the other guy lined up the shot, smoked this billy, great shot. And it just starts rolling down the down the cliffs. Goes about I don't know, rolling and flying. Rolling, yeah. Some big bounces. I don't know how how big those cliffs were. Probably yeah. 500 feet. And then um, so so now it's below us, and we've got to go back down the way we came. And oh, that's, um, a, that's lovely. Yeah, it's all, it's great. So we start. We got figured. All right, we'll go around an easier way. And we start walking, and then we look up, and we see this another Billy, and he's way up high. Um, so we, we get the spotter out and have a look at him, and he's a beautiful billy. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to shoot this. <laughs> well, he looks to me and says, you going to help me out with this one? I'm like, yeah, all right. So he, he um, sets up a shot, 630 yards, and um, 
drops this billy, and we're kind of hoping that this one will you know, oh, so roll down the cliff a bit. Yeah. We, we want it to catch a little air and drop a little elevation <laughs> exactly. and keep rolling. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, it just sat straight there in the snow. Nice shot. You do know you're supposed to place it a little further back on that one, right? Yeah, I know. I know. But, hey, gun worked pretty good. Gun worked pretty good. Wow. So this is a picture of the goat here. God, look at the backdrop, too. Shot, that's, yeah. Yeah. It had to be a big, a big, that's big a heavy nice old. So it's really hard to tell here, but um, it fell off like a little thing into a hole. And we just drug it up and put it on there for the photo. But mm -hmm. And then it's like timber and like cliffs. the cliffs but the cliffs weren't like a lot of them weren't straight up and down they were kind of a little on an angle and so you like could kind of crawl up you know if there's a crack you could get your fingers and your toes in and kind of crawl up these well going up we knocked off all the snow and then so when you're coming down you could kind of follow where you were but now there's nothing to grab like nothing to hold yeah. on to going downhill it's you know now wait on your I've back got, and i've yeah. got the, a full goat here dan's got all the meat the whole yeah, goat. So I, I got the four, four quarters and the two back straps he had the whole cape and, the head, yeah. and now we're coming down these cliffs and it took us two what was it two and a half hours or yeah. something to walk the 600 yards up to my goat you know that's a it's a long time to get up Cut. just trying to and the going down, and all this. I, in now, my experience, going down is way worse than going right. up. So, yeah. so coming down was the scary part. It was and incredibly scary. Now, you know, Dan's pack, I don't know what it weighed, but a lot because he had the entire goat and I had a life-size cape in mine and gun and all, all the other stuff. But we were throwing packs down, like throwing packs down. And There was a point where I was, I was about to just throw my pack off the cliffs and pick it up Later. at the bottom. Yeah, it, it was. It got to a point where one of my crampons broke, so I only had one one crampon in, and um, Dustin was below me, and I lost my footing and just started skidding, and he looks up, sees me coming, and yeah, I'm a big guy, like a freight big, train, big friggin' snowball, ball. big bowling yeah. ball. Now wait a second, so, wait a second. No, let me get this right. So on the way up, the big guy's in the front. Yeah. which we kind of think probably that wouldn't have been the right thing. But then on the way down, when you would think, okay, now's the time to have the big guy going down first, well, he's a little, the big guy is is still behind you. Yeah. He's Dustin. a little whippersnapper, so he gets down there quick. Yeah, I've got, I've got my weight plus my You just stand behind him and poke him with the crimp yeah. on a little bit. Yeah. I guarantee yeah. he goes faster. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but, sorry. Yeah, so, so I hit into him, and we started sliding together, kind of locked to in. I was trying to stop him, right? Like, he yeah. was yeah. coming, and I was... And I don't want him to die yet. We've got a whole bunch yeah. more hunts to right. go on. I didn't even pack the rest of the goat meat out first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So luckily there was a tree below him, a big pine, and it was kind of the only one in the, that whole area. And we hit into that and stopped. Um, if that wasn't there, yeah, it, it would have been, been seen. It would have been off the cliff, gone. Yeah. yeah. But that was, hey. that was a hero well, experience. Well, well, for all the listeners out there, these are the guys that you just want to go hang out with <laughs> yeah. and have some fun. Who wants that experience? Yeah. I'm sure there are people out there, thrill seekers, that would love to do that. It's yeah, awesome. And sure. then we ended up getting down, getting to the other goat at dark, skinned that out, and chucked the other four, four quarters and back straps in my pack. And that hunter, he took the cape in his, so... That was a heavy pack out, yeah. Wow. Oh, man, that's... We that's got, what did we get back to camp at? It was like... 12.30, 1 o'clock, it was... But tough. it's dark at like 5, 5.30 or something sure. and at night. We got back at like 1 o'clock in the morning and... And that's what it's all about. That's awesome, dude. Another day in the office, right? Another day in the office. Well, yeah. hey, listen, and so. we all talk about this a lot of times. 
you said it earlier, you know, if if you don't think of it as work because right. it's your livelihood, it, you're living the dream, yep. right? There's For a sure. lot of guys that are listening to this podcast going, God, I wish I could do that. Now, you've had, you know, 10-plus years of experience doing this as as an outfitter, and now, you know, you're you're moving to that next level. You have land that you're actually managing and everything like that. You've got multiple species. How do they get a hold of you? Um, you can go on my website. It's backcountrybcmbeyond.com, and uh, all my information's on there. Um, Instagram, uh, Facebook, at um, Dustin Rowe, and, uh, yeah, that's about it. Well, I could tell, I could tell everybody that's listening that um, as an admirer of yours watching you do all these things, um, let's see, uh, Couple last year, year before, when you were on the cover of of Wild Sheep Federation. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, um, I think it was last. Yeah, one year ago, this uh, convention season. Those, so last winter. We, those photographs were awesome. Yeah. I talked to David Brinker about that, and, and he was like, "That was just such a yeah, awesome was, experience." Was you know, good. Watching you guys climb the mountains. I mean, what's funny is I actually got that before I knew it was you and I looked at the photograph and I went god it was just a picture it, actually it was a picture the cover was you the back of you guys right uh, it's it's us but our heads are down so we can't yeah. see our faces because we're looking down at the sheep admiring it yeah and, and I was looking at that and I'm like I know who this is in fact I know who both of these guys are and it was just one of those cool experiences for me once I opened the magazine up I'm like knew it I knew it with these guys. Yeah. So that was that was really exciting. But yeah, perfect. Cool. What uh, what other trade shows are you guys planning on hitting uh, the rest um, of the beginning I, of this year? I'm I'm gonna go to ATA next week, and then uh, we got Wild Sheep and SCI, and then uh, I do the Western Hunter in Salt Lake. Uh, okay. This year for the first time. Okay. So busy trade show season for you guys, and a lot of it sounds like a lot of exciting things you guys got going for you. So. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I enjoy it. I don't have much else to do at home this time of year. It's nice to get away from my three feet of snow at my house. So We came down here from California, and I'm like, dude, it's kind of cold. Well, I guess you need to put on something more than a T-shirt and thin shoes and shorts, you know. But uh, everybody else is like, oh, no, we came here because it's nice and warm. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that's This is crazy. a reprieve for most folks in the north, but yeah. e- exactly, for Dallas exactly. it is a little cold. Yeah, but for sure. No, this has been good. I, um, you know, I've obviously heard a lot about both, you know, you guys and, and your outfit, so it was neat to sit down and understand a little bit about what you guys do. And it sounds like I said you got a lot of exciting things coming up, taking on yeah. ownership of some new property. That's always exciting to yeah, kind of manage yourself. And, yeah, that was awesome. Look forward to uh, in the future, you know, connecting again. And, uh, yeah, it was just neat meeting you guys and, and sitting down and, and catching I, up. I want to hear about the next GOAT experience. I know yeah. it's going to be off the charts. i just just pre-warning you that's going to be the next runaround. Yeah, February hunt could be uh, definitely exciting. So it sounds like you guys got a lot to look forward to there. So, anyway, thanks, guys, for jumping on. Good luck uh, this year at the Perfect. trade shows and, and good luck uh, with your hunters this year. And uh, we look forward to uh, catching up with you guys again. All right. Thanks. Thanks, thanks, thanks guys. Take care, Appreciate guys. your time. Hey everyone, this is Lucas Paw, host of the RNA Outdoors podcast. Please check out Podbean and iTunes. If you have an iPhone or iPad, go to the podcast app on your device, search for RNA Outdoors, 
and hit the purple subscribe button. When doing this, it will automatically upload when new podcasts are loaded and they will download into your queue. For Android users, you can access the podcast through Podbean, Stitcher, or use our website, www.rnaoutdoors.com forward slash podcast. In addition, under the RNA Outdoors podcast channel, please leave a review and a five-star rating. These reviews help boost our popularity and outreach. You can also follow us on our social media outlets, Twitter at RNA Outdoors, Facebook, RNA Outdoors, and Instagram, Rod and Arrow Outdoors. All links are in the show notes as well. If you like what you've heard, we hope you'll pass along our channel to your friends and colleagues. Keep up the good fight. We cannot sit by and watch the public lands devoted to wildlife protection wither away. There's simply too much at stake. Make your voice heard, speak up, and get involved with conservation efforts. And know that every little bit helps. As we say on the mountain, go farther, stay longer.